Welcome back to the back porch. We have your co-host, Matthew Trollinger. How's it going? Your other co-host, Cruz Chavez. Dude, what's going on? Man, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> Dude, it's been like three weeks. I know, it's been a crazy October. Yeah. I'm ready for us to be past all this busy season. I feel like every time we got on here, it's like, man, it's been a while since we talked. It's been a while for several podcasts. Yeah, it really has. And it, yeah, like you said, October is just a crazy month. Mm-hmm. I mean, with just this last week, we went to Florida. We had D now. I spoke on Sunday, um, and then now we're doing a podcast. And we've also got other things coming up, like Chris or not Christmas. Halloween is around the corner, and I try to do um, a mystery party. For our youth, every or every every year during during Halloween, just to change it up a little bit because I feel like every month um, we we earlier before the podcast started we talked about like our routine. Um, I feel like every year we typically have one month where it's just dry, like there's nothing, mm-hmm. and so I like to change it up a little bit and add something new. Well, last year I did the mystery party, and it was a blast. But with October being as crazy as it is, I don't know if we're going to do that this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Wednesday nights have been all over the place, too, this last month. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting. But um, I still believe God's working in what we're doing. For sure. Um, I think last, this, these past couple of months, really, um, letting the students get up and speak has been good for them and good for their faith. Mm-hmm. And then good for other people to, you know, other students in the audience to like listen yeah. to what, you know, their peers are having to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next Sunday, again, I have another busy weekend. Um, next Sunday, we have worship night and a fish fry. I'm excited for that. Dude, I'm excited for that <laughs> fish fry. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Did you get suckered into going to help clean fish? No. Dang. No. I did. <laughs> when did you, when did you do that? Uh, when that... Rocky told me he needed me to come help him clean fish. So Rocky approached you. Yep, dude, you can't say no to Rocky. You say no <laughs> I, to Rocky, you I might said get punched. No to Rocky. <laughs> I feel really bad, but I said Rocky, I'm gonna be in Stillwater. We got a home OSU game, and I'm not gonna be there to clean fish. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so you're going? Yes. That's, is that the o, OU-OSU football game? No, that's still a couple more weeks out. It's in November. Who is playing, who's OU playing on Saturday? I don't know. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Well, while you look that up, what else has been new in your life? Well, like I said, we went to Florida. We went to Disney World. That's brand new. Um, I told Jenna when I was there, when we were there, I never would have like pictured myself going to Disney World because it just seemed like one of those dream things to do, um, like one of those fantasy deals, deals I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, being there was amazing. I mean, I couldn't take my kid to that park <laughs> because all I saw were a bunch of two, three, four-year-olds screaming and crying all day. And mom and dad's having to hold them and pick them and carry them everywhere. And I'm like, that's that looks miserable. Yeah, that don't seem like a very fun vacation. Okay, so OU plays UCF Saturday. And I was actually wrong. I don't know what I was thinking. So I guess I probably will have to go help Rocky because OSU does not play at home. There you go. He's lying <laughs> to the church. Why are you lying to the church, man? Man, I just... You know how it is. What is UCF? University of Central Florida. Central Florida. Yep. They're uh, one of the new teams to the Big 12 this year. Mm, okay. One of the replacements for OU leaving. Well, I was going to say, um, we have tickets. We have two tickets that we're not... There, We have two tickets between me and Jenna because FCA is going. And I can't make it. To the OU game? To the OU game, yeah. It's OU, UCF, and I was like, I can't make it. But I feel bad because the tickets were already bought, I'm pretty sure. Because it's next weekend. Mm-hmm. And so now I don't know what to do. And I was going to say, dude, you should go. Dude, but I'm I've not going to. I've never been to an OU game. But I can't like 
give you an excuse to not help Rocky now. Yeah, but it's at 11 in the morning. We'll be back in time. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Okay, so we have been going over the book of Acts. Um, For those who have been with us for uh, the podcast, um, I know we've, we've been gone for three weeks, but we're still in chapter two of the book of Acts. And so me and Matthew are trying this new thing. We want to we want to slow down and go over scripture, but actually present this as if we're presenting this to the church or to people who don't know the book of Acts. And so what Matthew's going to do is he's going to give basically a small lesson. Yeah, I'm um, just going to give you guys a very short, overviewed sermon, kind of. Yeah, and then I'm going to do that for the second half. And then we can kind of collab a little bit on the end. So, um, what verses do you have? Uh, I got verse 1 through verse 13. Okay. You may still go ahead and read it. Yes, go ahead. Okay. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, asking, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God, and they all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocked, saying, the, they are filled with new wine. So, uh, just to kind of review the last chapter, in chapter 1, Jesus told the disciples to wait. He told them not to leave from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said is the Holy Spirit. He said that John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then uh, in verse 7, he said that it was not for them to know the time or the seasons that the Father fixed by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So these disciples didn't know at the time what this promise was. Jesus told them it was the Holy Spirit, but they didn't really understand it. And he told them that whenever they had the Holy Spirit, they would have power. And this power would help them to witness to all these other countries and to the ends of the earth. And I'm sure at that time that they were confused. Like, Jesus, what do you mean we're going to take, take your word to the end of the earth? Like, we don't even, we can't speak to anybody outside our own little country. How are we supposed to tell all these other countries and tell the whole world? But uh, they met on this day of Pentecost. So the day of Pentecost is an ancient Israelite festival that happens 50 days after the Passover, and people from all over the world would come to this festival, and uh, they would just get together. They would. It was basically like a big hangout, big party, big celebration. And but they were people from all different countries that spoke different languages. So they probably kind of hung out in their own little like groups or cliques, whatever you want to call them. But they were all there together. Um, so that's kind of the backstory of what this day of Pentecost is and how we got to where we're at right now. So I want to look at verse 3 where it says, Divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them. So through the studying that I was doing on just fire, because that kind of stood out to me that it was tongues of fire. Because I don't know about you, but I don't just have fire sticking out <laughs> on my tongue. So I was like, huh, I wonder what that means. I want to do a little 
deeper dive into that. So in the Old Testament, fire was used to represent the presence of God. And I got a couple scriptures that I wanted to read with that. Um, The first one is about the burning bush in Exodus 3. Dude, I love that that scene. Talking about Moses? Yeah. Give him a little backstory while I'm flipping over here. That way it's not awkward silence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think one thing I love about that scene is um, even even though God's using, using a burning bush to speak to Moses, which that alone is amazing, but just the ground, God says, take your sandals off because the ground on which you stand is holy ground. Um, that just goes to show how how grand and how mighty God is. Like, even though he's speaking through a burning bush, that's just how perfect he is. Anything he touches or anything where his spirit is, it just it takes over and consumes it. Mm-hmm. So... so- I guess I didn't. I didn't write this very well, but <laughs> I was just using that as an example. But so uh, Moses talked to God on this burning bush, and this is where God told Moses that he was going to free the Israelites, where he didn't want to listen, didn't want to follow him. Yeah. Eventually, he ends up turning and listening to God. But I just think it's cool that like this bush was literally on fire. And the presence of God was there. And then we can look at uh, when Moses was on Mount Sinai in Exodus 19. There was a fire. There was smoke up there. Yeah. And then um, throughout the Old Testament, whenever they were carrying the tabernacle around, there was a pillar of fire by night to guide the way of Israel. So, like, the presence of God was guiding them around in the wilderness yeah. where they were traveling because they didn't know where they were going. But, um, and then also inside of the temple, <clears throat> I, which I didn't know this before, but there was always a fire lit inside the temple, which was just another like representation of the presence of God dwelling within the temple, which is kind of cool that now in the New Testament where we are the temple and God's presence is in us, and then you see that these people had literal fire on their tongues. I don't know literal, maybe, maybe not, but scripture describes it as fire coming yeah. from their tongues. And then um, I also wanted to look at the word that he used right after that. It says that the fire, the divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. I think it's cool that. He's the word he uses here is rested. It wasn't just that it came and it went, and they were like, wow, what was that? But the Spirit of God literally rested on them. It was there to stay. It didn't just come and go. It wasn't just temporary. It was there to stay. And Jesus promised us, whenever he told us earlier in Scripture about the coming of the Holy Spirit, he said that he's going to send a helper to be with us forever. So that helper sent to us to rest with us, not just to come and leave, but he's there forever. He's good till the end of time. And I spoke about this on Wednesday about the Holy Spirit, and I thought this was kind of cool that I didn't ever know before as well. But you know the first time that the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible? Do I know where? Yeah. I have no clue. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So I just thought that was awesome that Jesus promises us that the Holy Spirit is here to be with us forever inside of us, but He's also been here forever. Wow. He's been here since the very beginning of time, and then all throughout Scripture we can read about the Holy Spirit all the way till the very last chapter of Revelation. So from the very beginning to the very end, the Holy Spirit is there. It's always present. been there. Yeah. It's always been there and always will be there. So I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, the next point I had was the, the speaking in other languages after the Holy Spirit fell on them is an example of the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus referred to in chapter 1 
when he said, whenever you receive the Spirit, you will receive the power of the Spirit. So that power, I mean, just think how powerful that is, that they literally started speaking in other languages that they didn't know, and that was all from the Holy Spirit. And they didn't know at the time, but now they're starting to realize that what Jesus meant whenever he said, you're going to take my word and you're going to share it to the nations. You're going to share it to the world. And also in John 16, when Jesus says it's to our advantage that he goes away, I think that also shows the power of the Holy Spirit. Because just put yourself in those disciples' shoes for a minute and think you've got the Son of God standing in front of you telling you that it's to your advantage that he goes away. To me, that would make no sense at all. Like, what more could you ask for? You literally have Jesus standing in front of you. Right. So I'm sure that was hard to wrap their mind around. But without the coming of the Holy Spirit, this spreading the word to the world wouldn't have been made possible. So the countries that it talks about, which it listed a lot, and I'm not very good at reading these words, so I'm not going to read them all again. <laughs> but... All the countries listed uh, covers most of all the first century Roman world where Jewish communities existed. So these people had the same beliefs, but they didn't speak the same languages, which we, we see today. Like there's, there's Christians in other countries that don't speak English. So it's kind of yeah. like that, just to compare it. Yeah. Um, the majority of the converts to Christianity at this point were Jews. And the only Gentiles were these proselytes that they spoke of. In verse 11, it says both Jews and proselytes. So the proselytes were Gentiles who had fully converted to Judaism. Mm, okay. I didn't know that before. Um, so that's just interesting to see that it was mostly Jews who were converted here. Um, and then in verse 11, it says that they mock them, saying they are filled with new wine. A lot of these people still had doubt. Like, there was an amazing act of God going on here. And I just think it's interesting to see that, like, no matter how much evidence God puts out there, some people will still deny and not believe. And we read that in Revelation. That's what God says is going to happen, that people will see and still choose not to believe. Yeah. So I just kind of thought that was cool that those two tied together in my mind when I read that. But, uh, yeah, that's about all I got on that. No, I think you hit on some pretty pretty solid uh, points there. Um, one, The one verse that, that I love is when Jesus, like you, you mentioned, Jesus looks to his disciples and says, like, it's to your advantage that I, that I go. So, I could, so that way when I go the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. Because like you said, I mean, if you had the choice to have Jesus like physically here to do life with or to have this unknown Holy Spirit, I think most of us would choose Jesus. Yeah, you choose what you've already seen right in front of you and you've seen the goodness in that you wouldn't want to change yeah. to anything else. So for Jesus to say it's to our advantage that he goes away, like you said, it just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, how was that to our advantage? You know what I mean? It's like if you're playing a, a pickup game basketball and you have the choice to either pick me or LeBron James, but then LeBron's like, it's to your advantage if you have Cruz. Trust me. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah that makes no sense. I don't think that would make any sense, right? <laughs> but But on a grander scale, like, that just goes to show the importance of the Holy Spirit here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that goes on to talk about um, Peter's sermon at, the, at Pentecost. And so I'll just go ahead and pick up on verse 14. But Peter, uh, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give, and give ear to my words. For, for these people are not drunks, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what the utter. But this is what this what was uttered through the prophet Joel, and in the in the last days it shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit 
on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, um, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up delivered up according to the de- definite uh, plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of the lawless men. God raised him up and loosed um, raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me. For he is at my right hand, and that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh um, also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to, to Hades, or let your Holy, Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day, being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God has had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that and of that we all are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having Received from the Father the, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he he has poured out his he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into into the heavens, but he himself says, "The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool." Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made has made him both Lord and Christ, that Jesus whom you crucified. Now, now when they they heard that, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and to Peter and Peter, sorry, and said to Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort him, um, exhort them, saying, "Save yourselves from this crooked generation." So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about three thousand souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. Um, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and, distribu- and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So that was a lot to take in. It was a lot. But a lot of good things happening in this passage. So um, just a couple things that I noted. Um, first off, you see Peter step up. Um, I think before before Christ died and rose three days later, Peter was the leader. Like we know that he was the oldest in the group besides Jesus. Um, several times Jesus appointed him and said, hey, I want you to do this. And so it, was, it wasn't uncommon for Peter to take initiative. But this is a different Peter. And so he stands up and he addresses the problem, or he addresses the issue, um, because something amazing had happened. We talked about the Holy Spirit. Um, so he, he, he addresses first 
Um, he addresses the crowd first and says, Remember the words of Joel. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord of the Lord shall be saved. Um, that's what he that's what was prophesied. Who everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now we know that name is Jesus. Like we knew there was gonna be a prophet, there was gonna be the Messiah to come, but we didn't know who that was gonna be. Now we know. We know this is the son of Mary, the you know, the son of Jesus or the son of God, that being Jesus. So Peter goes on to talk about the testimony of Jesus and that death could not hold him down. And I thought that was for me, that was amazing because he says, You crucified and killed him by the hands of lawless men. Um, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. I don't know about you, but if I die, like that's the end of me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But scripture says that not even death could hold him. Like that's God. And and like you said, going back to verse 13, um, some of those people that were there said, man, they're filled with wine. They don't believe. They just doubted. Like, how can you doubt after seeing that? How can you doubt after you saw a man crucified and there's rumors going around about this man was crucified and he rose three days later and you still have this doubt? I don't understand. Like you said, I don't understand that at all. I, I, I truly don't. And I, f- I feel bad because people probably try really hard to not believe mm-hmm. than they do just to believe. I think people try harder sometimes to not believe. Yes, and I want to say it's just because of stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Like their hearts are so stubborn and crooked and, and they, that they're so wrong that they don't even know that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. They think that they're the right ones, and I think that's what makes me crazy. Um, so I also wrote down, uh, Peter also remembers the words of David. So he, he, um, he speaks or he uses the words of Joel and the words of David. Um, David said, um, or sorry, he said that David had faith in God, that his soul would not be abandoned. This was, this was the toughest and probably the scariest question to answer. That is, do you believe Jesus is your Lord and and Savior? And do you have faith that, that he will not abandon you? I think for many of us, um, when we're going through trials and tribulations, the first question we ask is, God, where are you? Um, that's what Jesus asked, like, Lord, why have you, Father, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? Like, it's, it's natural for people to feel that way when you're, like, we had Kyle Fisher at our, like, serve at our D now as our lead, lead singer, and he talked about some of the deep things that he struggled or that he went through, him and his wife went through um, with one of their children. And, like, in those dark moments, like, you wonder, God, where are you? But do you have the faith to know that God is with you and that he will never abandon you? Um, he also said, I also wrote down that um, his soul would not be abandoned. And this is, and, and again, that goes back to like, do you have faith um, to know that your soul also is, is, is safe in the hands of God? Um, this takes a step of faith for many non-believers because like you're placing your trust into one man. Um, I talked about on Sunday when Jesus looks to Peter and he asks, he asks all the, all the disciples a question, like, who do people say that I am? And they're saying, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're the prophet. Some say you're Joel. Some say, you know, you're this and that or Elijah. And, um, then he said he looks to Peter and is like, "Who do you say that I am?" Like, dude, this is the moment to say who you think Jesus is. Like, for people who are non-believers, I think we all have to face that question. All of us, even those who who are non-believers, they still had to face that question. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you say Jesus is? And so you're having to place your faith your life, your soul, all your beliefs into one man. And I know it's so difficult to comprehend that, but you can't, you can't go into it thinking that this is just a man. Mm-hmm. He's not just a man. He's, 
He's the one and only God. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He's like He's the one that prophes that books in the Old Testament have prophesied about. Not not to stop there. I mean, there have been so many other books and other religions that have referenced Jesus. Like there was proof all around you. It's just our stubborn hearts cannot say you are the Messiah, and I believe you. Um. So. But he also, to, to, get, to go to the next step, because um, you see people were added, you saw 3,000 people added that day. So this was like, Peter just gave the all-time, like, greatest sermon of all time, like, in all of Scripture, almost, and probably in the world, in all, in all of history, because 3,000 people were added in one day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Life Church can do that in one day. I don't know if Battle Creek can do that in one day. I don't know if the porch can do that in one day. But it says that 3,000 people were added in that day. And so um, for them, what was the next step? Peter says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. This is the forgiveness of your sin, and it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. So when you were baptized, we saw that Jesus, whenever he was baptized... He received the Holy Spirit. It says a dove ascended on him. Or it said the Spirit ascended on him like a dove. And, um, and so we see that through baptism, you receive the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that's what Peter is talking about here. Be baptized. That's the next step as a believer. But I want to I stop right there for a second. Because we had this conversation before, and I want, I want your input on this. Do you have to be baptized to be saved? Hmm. I don't know. I still go back and forth on this. What's what's your take on it? I say no. No? I say no because Jesus is on the cross and he looks over to the man next to him and he says, you two will be with me in, in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that man was not baptized. Yeah. And he true. was there on a cross. The, I think the only thing that makes me go back and forth on it is, I don't know. Now that you say that, I think I'm changing my mind. <laughs> it's, it's a tough question. The only reason I say that is because it says that when we're baptized, we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And to have the gift of the Holy Spirit is having the presence of God dwell within you. But can you have that relationship with Jesus without the presence of God in you? Yeah. That's what makes me go back and forth. So there are two times where Scripture actually says, two different, two different times where it says you, uh, to, two different ways to receive the Holy Spirit. Peter mentions being baptized and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. But then there's another verse where it says laying on the hands like lay, don't neglect to lay on the hands to receive the Holy Spirit or mm -hmm. to transfer over the Holy Spirit. We saw that. I'm pretty sure that's in the Book of Acts too. Later on, uh, yeah, where you have this guy, this this magician, who's like, who's like, hey, what? It, how much is it going to cost to receive the Holy Spirit? Like, I'll buy it from you mm -hmm. because all he saw was was Peter and the apostles going around putting his hand on people, and they received the Holy Spirit, which and then they. From there, they saw like, like uh, miracles and and other crazy things happening. And so you saw those two things. But again, I think that asks the question: like, to receive the Holy Spirit, sorry, to be baptized, do you have, or sorry, do you to get into get into heaven? Do you have to be baptized? No. I say no. I just. I think God can do whatever He wants for sure, um, but there there are times where there's at least one scenario where a guy's not baptized. Yeah. Okay, so um, then from there I wrote down this is a gift for everyone. The Holy Spirit. Being baptized, being saved, spending eternity in heaven. That's for everyone. 
I think one of the biggest and scariest um, excuses that any one person can make before they give their life over to Christ is let me get my life right. Let me let me stop drinking so much. Let me get clean from these drugs. Let me get rid of this addiction. Let me, you know, get my life in order. I, I want to make sure my, you know, my kids grow up, grew up in the church. Um, but I need to get these things, get these things done in order um, first. And I feel like that's an excuse because Christ literally came for you, like where you are. Mm-hmm. He came for every person who's listening to this podcast, every person who, who maybe won't ever listen to this podcast. But Jesus came and died for that person, for the sinner. Um, yeah. I, well, we can look at Paul, for example. Paul didn't wait until he had his life together and had everything figured out to become a believer. He was at one of the worst of the worst places you can be. He was and just on his like way. That. He was on his way to commit more murders. Yeah, and just like that, flipped the switch and gave his life to Christ. And I agree. I see that a lot today. People wanting to push it off, but Jesus tells us to be ready. We don't know the time or the hour that he's coming back. He could come back right now in the middle of this podcast and. If you're not ready, if you are putting off giving your life over to Christ to get your worldly things in order, like just imagine Jesus coming back and you haven't done that yet because you were putting it off. And now you spend the rest of eternity in hell because, you know, you thought, well, I I needed to get this right before I could do it. Yeah. That and and that I feel like at that point, when you think that way, for you it's about works. Mm-hmm. For you it's about I need to have good deeds. Yeah, and be and a good person. And I think person. for some people it's fear as well, because they fear that they'll be judged within the church mm. if yeah. they don't have their life in order. Yeah, but the church is a place for all of us who are sick and needy and not perfect. None of us are perfect, but it's a place for us to all come to try to get better and dive deeper into our relationship with yeah. Christ. Yes. It's not for, I mean, if you have it all figured out, why do you need to come to church? Right. Like that, that's, I don't know, I can't wrap my mind around that sometimes of that outlook because it's like, if you had it all figured out, you wouldn't need to be here anyways. Right. So why wait? Well, I even spoke on Sunday that the biggest misconception about Christianity is that once you receive Christ in your life, that everything is okay, that your life is perfect, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, my life isn't any perfect than yours. TJ's life isn't any perfect than mine. Like, no one's life is any easier just because they're Christians. As a matter of fact, like, Christ says your life is going to get a little more difficult because yeah. you are a Christian. And it's because the world hates him. And because we love him, the world also hates us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's, it's, a, it's one of those things where you have to pick and choose. Like, are you going to love this world or are you going to love Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a guy I work with who's kind of battling that right now. Of He's, he's a new Christian and... You know, he's he's excited, he's on fire for God, he's sharing all these posts on Facebook, all this scriptural stuff, but then there's people, like, attacking him about it, and I think it's hard on him right now, because he's a new Christian, he's he's like, man, I probably didn't see that coming. Yeah, like, you, you didn't expect that coming, but you gotta remember, like, Satan doesn't want you to succeed, he doesn't want you to give your life over to Christ. Yeah. So if he can attack you while you're still young, while you're still on that milk, like it's easier for him to attack you. You've yeah. got to be prepared for that and be strong enough in your faith to realize, like you said, that it's not, it doesn't just get easier when you become a Christian. Yeah. I would say this to that person too. Um, I have down, I have here written down John 10, 10 for every person who has endured some sort of 
trial or tribulation because of their faith, just know Jesus says in John 10.10 that He came so that you can have life and have it, have it abundantly. Every person. And it may not feel that way here on earth for that guy who, who's literally being persecuted on social media. That's the, for one, I hate, I hate when people bully people on social media. It's a weak way to, sh- to, to shame someone. Because they're not bold enough to say it to their face, but they're bold enough to, to type it out on a, on a cheap phone. Mm-hmm. Or at somewhere in their mom's basement, somewhere probably. I'm just like, dude, get a life. But like you said, it's going back, going back to we live in a world that hates Jesus. But just know that through those through those tribulations, like Jesus still says, you can have a life and have it abundantly, mm-hmm. and we're going to. Like this is the for for every Christian, this is the closest to hell we'll ever be. Mm-hmm. Thank the Lord. But for, for non-believers, this is the closest to heaven they'll ever be. Like, this is your moment to make a decision and change your, change your life. Um, I wrote down, the next thing was, Jesus told, told them to wait till they receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And I wrote down, like, why? Like, why would you, why would you wait? You know, like if you're if you're on fire, Jesus just gave your next command, you'd be ready to go. You'd be ready to rock and roll. But he says, wait till you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, because God's timing is always perfect. Um, you talked about the festival of weeks. You talked about like why why they're there in the first place. And you talked about why all these people from around the world are there. It's because there was this big event that was going on, which is called the Festival of Weeks. Um, people from all over the world of the same religion. Was it same religion or different religions? I think it was different religions because it talked about the proselytes, which were not Jews. They were Judaism. Judaism, something like that. So you had people from all over the world. During this time, there was a huge festival where all nations would gather. Um, They would gather in the very spot where the Holy Spirit would show up. Do you think that was a coincidence? No. No. It was God's timing. That was God's timing. Dude, I'm telling you, you can't plan this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, some people can probably take credit for that. But going back to what you said earlier, like you asking the question, Lord, how am I going to preach to every nation in the world? How? How am I going to preach to every nation? You can't do that. There's not enough time in your hands to go and preach to every nation. But if every nation comes to you and the Holy Spirit is upon you and you start speaking in tongues, they're going to notice that real quick. Because a guy like me who knows English very well, and I come from a Mexican family and I know very little Spanish to begin with, but if I were to start speaking like, I don't even know, what were some of the things on here? What were some of the languages? If I were to just start speaking Amharic, if I spoke Amharic just randomly, which is the Ethiopian tongue, I think people would be like, whoa, this guy can speak our language. What the heck? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know me. Like, I, you know that I can't speak Amharic. Yeah. And so through that moment, God shows up, shows out, and then imagine those people who received Christ that day because you had 3,000 people who gave their life over to Christ. They didn't stay there because they still had families back home. They still had a life back home. They had a go back home. Dude, did you break my chair? I think so. You broke my chair. <laughs> it was a little wobbly before it started. <laughs> I just stuck my arm down and the whole armrest fell off. <laughs> That thing is, these chairs are super old, Michael. I. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was trying to be quiet. No, you're good. I looked, looked over and was like, the arm, the arm to my chair is in your hands. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but this, this story just made me think of that story you told me that happened at Falls Creek to you. Yes. If you want to elaborate a little bit, I don't want to mess it up. No, I yeah. I thought that would be a cool story to 
share going along with this. Yeah. So for those who haven't heard the story, um, basically, we go to Falls Creek every year um, with Harbor Church. And there's this one kid named Matthew who is... Not me. Yeah, different Matthew, um, who is there, and we're in the Tabernacle, which is the big worship center. We'll, we'll, we usually are in the, in the Tabernacle probably two or three times a day. And at the end of the, the end of the last service, this girl from the Philippines gets up on stage, and she prays in her native tongue. And we get back to our cabin, and uh, Matthew comes to me and says, Cruz, I heard word for word and understood word for word what she said, and I don't know how. And so Britton Bishop and Logan Lambert, um, I think it was Logan, maybe it was, maybe it was Jordan, I can't remember, but anyways, they write down, he makes, they make this kid write down word for word what he thought he heard. They find this girl the next day, and sure enough, it was word for word what she had prayed about. And this is your typical white boy in Ulaga, Oklahoma, who maybe, maybe he knows more Spanish than I do, but other than that, that's, we don't know, like, you're not taught, I don't know what they speak in the Philippines, but we aren't taught that in school. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. I just thought that was really cool. That, that is what I thought of reading this scripture. Um, I think what's cool about Peter's sermon here and what's so powerful about it, because like you said, this is like one of the greatest speeches ever given. 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ just from this one sermon. Yeah. But he kind of tells the whole story of the Bible in one sermon right here. Yeah. Like he talks about the prophecy of Jesus coming and how that was fulfilled. He talks about how they crucified him to fulfill the prophecies. He talks about how he was raised up. He talks about how um, everyone who calls on the Lord's name will be saved. He talks about how God won't abandon our souls. He talks about the being baptized. He talks about um, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and that it's for everyone. And it's just, there's so much wrapped up into this one sermon that makes it so powerful. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I, towards the end of this passage, you start to see the fellowship of the believers. And I just think to the modern day church right here, because I feel like the book of Acts gives a perfect representation of what the church should be. Mm-hmm. Like, scriptures, scripture shows that this was a close-knit group of people who did life together. They were so close. It said scripture said that they had everything in common, everything. If they were poor, they were all poor. If they were rich, they were all rich. If they were hungry, they were all hungry. Mm -hmm. And, but it, but it also says that people were selling their stuff so that everyone could have what they needed. People were willing to give, give, just give whatever it was. They were willing to give just to see someone eat that day. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I wrote down, it was from this scripture. Um, It says they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. I just want to ask the question, when was the last time that you sat down and ate food with a glad heart just to have food? Mm-hmm. And scripture says that their hearts were, were filled with, with, with happiness, with gladness, with joy, because they had something to eat and they had their friends right there next to them. Like for me, it's like I need to take, I need to take, um, I don't know, I can't take things for granted. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think it just shows how transformed they were by this experience with the Holy Spirit and listening to Peter speak because they gave away everything they had. Maybe not all, but they gave 
they gave to whoever needed. So they didn't have as much stuff as what they used to have. But then, like you said, they were glad just to have food on their table. Like, they didn't care. They gave everything to the Lord. Yeah. They didn't care because they knew that he would provide for them. Yeah. And then the next verse after that, it says that day by day, people were being saved. Still. They were still being saved. Yeah. And they didn't have a care in the world. That's all they wanted was yeah. for people to come to Christ and be saved. I love it, dude. I love the book of Acts. I do too. It's It's my, been a, a great book so far. I think this might be my new favorite book after <laughs> starting to study it. <laughs> dude, I, I think Peter is becoming my, my favorite character. Yeah. Before it was like King David. Before that it was probably Moses. Um, and then it was Paul for a second. But I feel like right now it's Peter. He's uh, We know he's not perfect. I mean, his imperfections are listed in Scripture. He's just a dude like us. Yeah, just a normal dude. He was just trying to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And was proud to do it. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps it up. Um, I don't have anything else, do you? Mm-mm. Thank you guys for joining. If you have any questions about what we covered um, I do pray that, that, that you guys don't walk away from this with more questions, but with answers. Um, but of course, if you have questions, don't be afraid to leave a comment. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to us through text. Um, even if you are, are a longtime believer and you thought you had, you know, you believed in this one thing and I said something else that doesn't line up, like test me, you know what I mean? Kind of like let's let's talk about some stuff. So if you have questions, uh, I'm I am an open book. So if nothing else, we'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.